Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams, I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today on the show is Ernie Miller. Ernie, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on. Thanks for having me, Avdi. I'm really excited to be here. Ernie, can you start us off with a little bit of uh, self-introduction? Sure. Um, so I uh, live and work in Louisville, Kentucky. For uh, Living Social, I'm the lead software engineer for our email tools team, which up until very recently was primarily a, a team of me. So I'm getting a chance to learn what it looks like to actually lead a uh, dispersed team now. Hmm. So, uh, well, let's just jump right into it. What is that like? What's that transition been like? So it's it's been a little bit challenging for me. Uh, I've always been sort of a tech lead, but in doing kind of the people management thing, it's uh, it's a little bit trickier to pull off for me personally. Uh, my mindset is always sort of make myself available at all times. You know, I'm on Campfire, I'm on IM, I use my status messages to make sure that people know sort of am I available to talk or not, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm actually finding it interesting because uh, two of the members of my team are actually – on-site working in D.C., and uh, oftentimes they are working from, say, a coffee shop near the office, but it's a different mentality than uh, the people that are working remotely nonstop, right? I mean, uh, my other team member is in Hawaii, so he's used to dealing with time zone differences and used to dealing with working remotely um, day in and day out. So it's, it's been interesting being on the other side of the coin where, you know, I'm, I'm part of a team that uh, – I think I guess that's probably a challenge for for many actually that that do this uh, do this sort of thing. Um, actually, having the mix between uh, remote and and local employees can sometimes be tricky to pull off. Living Social's um, done some really cool things. Um, uh, before he had left, um, one of the things that uh, Chad Fowler had uh, had started uh, actually pushing people to do was to pick a day of the week, even if they worked uh, worked on site and work remotely so that they could see sort of what it looks like to be a remote employee and hmm. how important it is that you make yourself available and so forth. And uh, and I, I see immense value in that because it is sometimes hard to hard to relate to uh, uh, remote workers and the you know the idea that you know maybe we don't know if you're available unless you're online and, and we don't see that your butt is in the chair. Right. We don't know that. So Right. They ever start doing that and then uh, slowly stop coming into the office? <laughs> So that would be my fear. That would be my what. That's how I fell in love with it. Really, initially, mm. is I started taking a day to work remotely, and I f- figured out, wow, I get so much more done when I'm working remotely. This is amazing. I'm much more productive, and so it became really addictive for me to the point where that became my goal in future future jobs was to make sure that they were open to remote work. And that kind of brings us to uh, something that you've been talking about a lot. You've been writing about and more recently speaking about optimizing for happiness. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. I, I think that the remote working lifestyle has uh, contributed greatly to my ability to, to optimize um, my own personal life for uh, for efficiency, for what, what amounts to me to, 
to be happiness, um, being able to not waste a lot of time. One of the key quotes from the article and from the talk is that I, I think that life's way too short to spend so much time in between the places you really want to be. And, mm -hmm. and things like a commute. I actually, uh, I actually talked to somebody at Ruby Midwest. Uh, her name was Laura. She, uh, she actually deals with a two hour commute, um, each way, uh, to a job in San Francisco. And that to me, I mean, <laughs> let's say, let's say you're up 16 hours a day because it makes the math easy. You're spending a full quarter of your day, um, on a vehicle or on a ferry boat to, to get to where, to where you need to be. So that's, that's a lot of life. It is. It really is. So, uh, so the, the working remotely is, is part of your optimizing for happiness. And that's a big, a big piece of that is that, um, you have a place that you want to live, right? Right. And, you know, I would, I would like to say that, you know, I came to Louisville as a, you know, out of all the places that I could possibly live, I decided to, to choose Louisville. And it really was, was less like that and more like, you know, I had a couple of options. They had sold off an office that I had worked at and they had offered me a couple of different locations that I could uh, move to. And I chose Louisville out of those two. And when I arrived here, I found out it was big enough uh, of a city to have, you know, access to shopping and dining and entertainment and art and anything that I might want to partake in and mm -hmm. small enough still to not be filled with sort of the the urban sprawl that I find a distraction sometimes in the day to day. I can actually get away from it. I can I can uh, I live in a more suburb area of a town and I can, you know, have quiet, have the peace that I need to really focus. And I'm, you know, gradually over time um finding more and more things that are close by that allow me flexibility on lunch. Let's say, you know, for mm -hmm. instance, my, my gym is uh, two minutes down the road from me. So because I work remotely, I can head to the gym, work out, come back over a lunch hour. And until Google Hangouts uh, transfers uh, the sense, uh, the olfactory sense, I'm going to be all right. You know, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to suffer as a result of my, my taking uh, lunch to work out. Right. And so, and so that's time then that I have with my family at the end of the day that I would otherwise be going to the gym. Very nice. Very nice. And that's, that's a nice way to break up a day. I think too, um, is to introduce a little exercise in the middle. Oh, absolutely. If you hit a, hit a really rough point in some piece of code you're working on, you just really need to digest, think on, think on that for a while. I mean, you can kill two birds with one stone. You can get the, get the blood flow and, and, uh, and get the thoughts flowing at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you wrote a, a whole article about, you know, why you live the way you do and, uh, the advantages of living somewhere that isn't one of the, the big tech hubs. Do you still get, uh, people trying to recruit you into moving to some, one of these tech hubs? Oh, very much so. Yeah. So not too, uh, too long ago, actually, in that article, I had quoted, uh, a, a recruiter from a company that shall remain nameless based out of New York that, uh, was, uh, apparently thinking that, you know, my only possible objection to moving would be that the, uh, the cost of relocation, right? Not the right. ongoing cost of living or any of that. None of that's relevant. So, uh, I've probably been contacted by, I want to say at this point, four or five different recruiters from that same company. <laughs> the most recent one, I actually had a really, really great discussion with. I, uh, I shared with him the article. I said, Hey, by the way, the quote is from another one of your, uh, one of your, uh, company's recruiters. And, uh, and I've, I've been really frustrated with the way that you guys view this stuff. And it turned out to be very, very, uh, productive. Um, I found that he was more open to, I mean, Maybe they're not going to change their 
their way of doing things, but he was more open to hearing what I had to say than I expected and even ask if there was anything he could ever do for me to you know, let him know. More productively yet, I actually had – not long after that article uh, was posted, this was in late December, I actually had a, a recruiter contact me who I sent this this article's uh, link to, and I've, that's become standard operating procedure now if I get contacted by a recruiter, I send them this this article. In fact, that's why I wrote it to begin mm -hmm. with, so I didn't have to keep telling people this. And uh, he uh, he actually came back to me uh, about a week later. I hadn't heard anything from him for a while, and he said, I want to thank you for sharing that article. I actually went back to my client. They were trying to uh, get people to relocate to Boston in this case, and uh, they actually – after reading the article, started to turn around and open themselves up to the possibility of hiring remote workers. And I was like, wow, you know, my job here is done. Nice. Nice. It's good to, to have that kind of influence. Definitely. I, I really, uh, really happy whenever I have conversations with people after, after I've spoken or after they've read the article. Um, most recently at Rumi Midwest, um, I was approached by some folks who said, you know, I have to, I have to really do some thinking now and, mm. uh, about you know, what I'm doing and why I'm putting up with what I'm putting up with in terms of commute, uh, in terms of, uh, hours. And that, that really to me, being able to, be able to have a positive impact on somebody's life, you know, not, not their work necessarily, that too, but, but their life, that's, uh, that's amazingly edifying. What do you think keeps people from considering that until they, they hear somebody talk about it? So I think for me, uh, and I can only, you know, speak about my personal experiences. You know, I grew up with, uh, with family that was, you know, work hard, keep your head down, keep your butt in your chair and, uh, you know, get a pension because that's, that's how our parents lived, you right. know? And, and so it took me a while to, to kind of untrain myself to, to think, well, you know, I'm a thought worker and last I checked, I can think anywhere. So, so why am I, why am I tethered to a, to a chair? In fact, maybe I think better when I'm sitting outside, uh, you know, looking at trees and <laughs> listening to the wind or, uh, or maybe I'm better off at a coffee shop where I have some ambient noise to, that's not, it's the kind of stuff that I can tune out. For instance, I think for me, it, it can't really, a light bulb went off once I, once I actually saw how much more productive I could be when I wasn't in the office. Um, even, even uh, at Living Social, um, our DC office is, is a very open sort of a space, and that's 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 very cool for team building, and it's very cool for a lot of things. But uh, one of the things that I would say is, when I'm actually on site, it's very very difficult for me to get work done because you can ask my wife. I'm very good at tuning out people who are talking to me or around me. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can she can talk several paragraphs worth of worth of speech to me, and the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, were you saying something? But <laughs> But if I'm in the office and there are things that are particularly relevant to the mindset that I'm in right then, um, somebody's talking about Active Record uh, or they're talking about uh, some new Ruby library or they, they're talking about some problem they're solving, that stuff will. Yeah. My ear. And, and it's very, very difficult to tune that stuff out. Well, yeah. I mean, we work, you know, by nature, by the nature of the beast, we work with people that share a lot of interests with us and, you know, probably goes beyond just the technologies that we use. Uh, I mean, I used to have long conversations about sci-fi novels with some of my coworkers. Actually, uh, speaking of sci-fi, um, I think your continued references to Battlestar Galactica that you've made uh, <laughs> in the past finally got me to sit down and watch it, and I didn't realize what I was missing out on. That's a, that's a fantastic series. Ah, cool. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. I, I actually have not gotten that far into it. 
I kind of, I don't know, I run into roadblocks with shows sometimes and, and uh, wind up just kind of moving on to other stuff for a while, but eventually I'll get back to it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's it's a really good point. I mean, you know, when you're in an office, you're around people that, that share the same interests, a lot of the same interests with you, and the, the, the discussion is going to be distracting. And, you know, also I think, you know, in my experience... Like, I'm kind of conditioned not to be rude to people in the workplace. And mm-hmm. so this is kind of terrible to admit, but, like, I don't feel so bad being rude to my family. <laughs> um, and this is terrible. This is awful, but it's true. You know, I can sort of tune uh, family members out when I'm, when I'm, quote, in the office, you know, when I'm, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be working. Uh, and, and sadly enough, I, I sometimes snap at my kids when they wander into the office, you know, while I'm trying to focus on something. You know, and it's bad enough that I'm, I'm, you know, have that distract and that distraction. But at least I can say, look, you can't be down here right now. Mm-hmm. Daddy's trying to think. Uh, but you can't really say that to your coworkers. Uh-huh. No, uh, well, you 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 can, but it can become a real problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, I it depends on uh, if it's a, if it's a fellow programmer, and I know and I know they're really they're really stuck on something. Um, uh, where was it? I was just reading about this where. You know, if somebody interrupts interrupts you to save themselves 15 seconds, but they've broken you out of flow and cost you 15 minutes, then right. then it's a it's huge cost to the company and the overall productivity. I wish I could find it maybe and put it in the show notes later, but <laughs> the difference I think uh, is you know over time you begin to condition your coworkers, and I think probably because because they understand what it's like to to be in flow and to really be accomplishing. Uh, a great deal of, of of work in a very very short period of time once you've accelerated. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they understand how big a deal it is for them to interrupt you too. So, yeah, uh, and, and I don't want to make it sound like you know w- w- like we all need to be you know loners, you know in our bubbles. I mean, a, a huge huge part of of our jobs as software engineers is is helping each other out, I and mean, that's part of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can be really distracting when people just pop in. And, uh, and, you know, I like what you, you were saying about, like, maybe the office isn't the best place. You know, maybe I don't do my best thinking at the, at, at the office. And that really rings true with me because, uh, well, we were discussing in the, in the pre-show a little bit. For me, you know, I have to, wa- often have to wander around a little bit in order to, to think. And, right. And, and an office isn't always the, the, the best place, uh, to do that. I mean, <laughs> I've probably mentioned this in, in previous episodes, but, uh, at an old, old job I had, you know, it's like standard office job, big office with lots of bays full of cubicles. Um, in order to think a problem through, I would have to make these circuits of the halls. You know, I would just walk around the halls thinking mm-hmm. something through. And I always used to wonder, like, I, I was pretty sure I was the only person doing that. And I always used to <laughs> wonder, like, do people wonder about me? Do they, like, pick up on the fact that I just... I'm not actually going somewhere. I'm just circling the halls. And <laughs> it depends. Were you thinking out loud while you did it? <laughs> I don't think so, but this guy's walking the halls mumbling to himself. Stay clear. <laughs> Wearing lots of black, by the way. <laughs> so one of the things I think, and, and you just reminded me of it, uh, at a, a previous job of mine, um, I had an executive that, uh, Really like to have long, sort of drawn out, sort of, uh, I don't want to call them brainstorming sessions exactly, but very, very loosely organized calls, kind of just discussing, you know, whatever's on his mind. And 
Um, that actually was a real frustration for me, or, or would have been had I been called into an office and had to sit still for, I mean, some of these times it was hour and a half, two hours, we would be talking. It, there was a useful uh, result usually at the end of these calls, but it was very frustrating for me to just stay put. One of the greatest things for me about being a, a remote on that job is that most of the time I was here in Louisville. And so I actually... I would get a call and I would get a sense usually within five minutes whether it was going to be one of those calls. Mm-hmm. And I would just, you know, put my shoes on, walk out the door and go for a walk. And I would just stroll for as long as it took for the call to be over. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was incredibly, uh, I think it kept me first off free of distractions. I absolutely have to get away from a screen right now as I'm talking to you. I'm looking out my window as opposed to looking at the screen, even though I've mm-hmm. closed all my IM windows and everything else just because to really, uh, to really focus on what it is that someone else is saying, you, you just have to uh, eliminate so much else. And walking around does that as well. So I think there's a great, great point to be made there. I think it's very true, though. So um, how many people are you working with team-wise um, on a daily basis? So at Living Social, we have, uh, we have sort of – we have – uh, a big T team and then a little T team to some degree, right? Sure. So if I look at um, the people that I'm immediately responsible for now, that's just myself and three other people at this point. Uh, so that's, we call that a pod. And, uh, you know, we have our own campfire room and we, we, we communicate with each other about, you know, what we're up to for the day and stuff. Uh, almost text based standups eventually uh, is what it really amounts to. But, then we have a broader team. My my pod is part of a larger internal applications organization, and uh, that team. You know, if I look at the, I would have to open Campfire to tell you how many people are on there right now. But let's just say it's uh, let's just say it's somewhere between maybe fifteen and twenty people, and they're part of the broader build team, which is everybody that's in engineering in our in our uh, organization. So the overlap in terms of uh, communication channels is different depending on the kinds of things you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you know. So I'll have I'll have maybe several campfire tabs open and uh and I'll be talking with uh IA uh, this morning to get a get a pull request merged uh, and then back to my team to say, "Hey, that pull request that you submitted, I just got it merged in and you know, we're ready to go." I uh, I think that it's really important to kind of understand if you are working remotely specifically, like really, this is this is one of the points I make in my talk too. It's important whether you're a remote worker or not to know who it is you need to communicate to and when, right? Mm. So the larger the team, the more of a responsibility that places on you. For instance, you don't spam the entire engineering team with uh, something that is is really only applicable to you know four or five people. Um, the same way that the same way that you know. Whenever something's really crucial, you need to get it out to everybody right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. So, so I think um, to to get back really to the uh, to the question of you know uh, how does it you know work as far as our team size goes, you know I think that uh, and this is new for me, right? The people that are on my team, I was not previously collaborating with uh, barely at all up until a couple of weeks ago. So, so this has been interesting in that those two worlds are now overlapping, right? That there was this like no, if in the Venn diagram of me and them, there really was, was no overlapping part of the circles. And, uh, and so now I'm in this situation where I'm actually not just, not just responsible for, uh, being a tech lead, but kind of integrating these guys into my day to day in a way that, uh, I previously, previously didn't have to. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. I think. Have you had any thoughts on things that you'll do to, you know, sort of proactively, you know, 
draw them draw the team together just draw them to me come yeah, to draw me th- yeah exactly uh right so so one of the things that i and i hope they don't listen to this but but one of the things that i'm actually i'm actually focusing on uh right now is uh is trying to reach out to them we we use google hangouts pretty extensively mm-hmm. at living social for uh for our remote team to you really have face to face meetings and uh one of the things that i'm actually doing this week is uh, trying to reach out to them individually sort of talk to them about you know what are they what are they really looking for what what can i do to help them i think one of my one of my primary goals is really going to be to shield them from uh other parts you, you know it's really it's really difficult in a in a fairly large ish organization uh like living social to ensure that you aren't doing the office the office space thing you know i have i have eight bosses uh right. so i i really Matrix See, management. Right. So my, so my, uh, I think my prime directive at this point is to, uh, to shield them from distractions as much as possible so that they can get their work done and, mm. to, and to better understand what it is that, that they're up to. So this week I want to spend some, some FaceTime, virtual FaceTime, uh, with them in, in a hangout and just kind of, kind of get a feel for that and get to know, uh, sort of what their day looks like a little better. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, I just, I just looked at our, uh, call window and realized we've been chatting about this stuff for a while. So, um, before I draw things to a close, uh, where can people find out more about you and your projects online? Sure. Um, so I'm on GitHub at Ernie. I'm on Twitter at Ernie Miller. And, uh, I'm on the web at ErnieMiller.org. All right. Well, Ernie, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Avdi. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y-Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm, signing off. Why, 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 why